Amen. Thank you very much, Olu, for that. Thank you, Mel, for the communion, taking us into a time of communion. JM and the team for worship. Thank you very much, guys. That was awesome this morning. Um, and also Jean-Marc for the prayer this morning, boosting us up before service. Thank you. Good morning, guys. Hope you are all good. It is good to fellowship with each one of you, even though we're not together in body, but we're together in spirit. And I hope that you will be blessed by this morning's word. Let me just open up in prayer and then we will begin. Father Lord, we just want to thank you for the word that I'm about to share. Father God, we pray, oh God, that you will speak through me. Father God, you will use me as your mouthpiece, Father God to touch the hearts and the lives of your children, Father God. I pray, oh God, that as I share, oh God, that you will open up our, um, our ears to hear you, Father God, the way you intended. I pray, Father God, that you will have your way, oh God. Lead me, guide me, Father God. Speak through me. I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, this morning... My word is entitled The Story of Gideon. God sees much deeper. I just felt impressed to speak about Gideon um, this morning. The Lord laid Gideon on my heart. It's been a while now. And I thought, you know what? Let me share this word um, this morning. Um, Gideon is somebody who did not have faith to start off with. Gideon is somebody who God had to build his faith. And, you know, I, I felt that, you know, sometimes we're in a situation whereby we're low in faith. We don't see ourselves the way God sees us. And God comes and he speaks to us in a certain way. And through the journey that we go through with him, you know, and we see where God wants us to be eventually. OK, and I really do hope that you'll be blessed by today's word and the Lord speaks to you through me. Just a few things about Gideon. He was a military leader. Um, Gideon was, when we read Judges chapter six, um, which we will be reading later on, it was referred to as a man of valor. That's in New King James Version. But in the NIV it says a mighty warrior. And um, being a man of valor means strength, it means courage, it means passion, okay? And to fight the enemy, God calls his people and empowers them to be mighty men of valor and Gideon was one such example he was a judge over Israel um, he was a prophet who won victory over the Midianites who were oppressing the children of Israel at the time he was described as being timid in the bible but that was how he was found but that's not how he started that's how he started off but that's not how he ended up and he ended up being one of um, the um, most um, influential judges um, that um, we have read about. He was also raised to show the children of Israel the importance of being loyal to God and to abide by, his, by God's ways. And he was raised also to, um, to show them how to serve the Lord and um, our God and not the um, other gods that they were wor worshiping, okay? And um, Gideon was an obedient character. He was faithful. He wasn't hasty in his decisions. And he was a very humble man as well. Just some background to share, because I'm not going to read um, the whole of 
um, Judges because the story of Gideon spans over two chapters. It starts in Judges chapter six and goes through to Judges chapter eight. Okay, so just some, we are gonna read some parts of um, Judges chapter six, but just some background before we read it. Um, when we start, when we start up in chapter six, it tells us that the Israelites have turned away from um, God and they were returning to their evil ways in the sight of the Lord. They were worshiping other gods. They weren't listening to what God was saying to them. Okay, God had told them not to worship the gods of the um, Amorites, whose land where they lived, but they didn't happen. They married into um, they married in into the Amorites. They married their um, children, their um, daughters, and so on and so forth. So they interacted with them in a way that God did not want. And as a result, um, God left them to their ways, hence why Gideon was raised as a judge. During Joshua's days, um, they knew God. And, but after Joshua died, they had moved away from God. They were doing the opposite of what God told them. They had abandoned God. And so God left them to their own devices. The new generation did not know um, the miracles that God had performed during their forefathers' days. They did not follow what God wanted them to do. And God's intention was for them to stay separate and not mix with the Amorites. So because of this, God handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. And the Midianites came, they literally took everything from the Israelites. It says in the Bible that the Israelites were greatly impoverished as a result of this. And the Israelites did, um, they basically had to literally hide things from the Midianites so that things would not be taken. And when they reached this pivotal time of their oppression, that's when they cried out to God. God, you know, how many times have we been there whereby, you know, when things start, we literally uh, thinking, yeah, we can do this, we can do that. And then when we reach the point of, you know what, this is just, I cannot take it anymore. This is just too much. We cry out to God, Lord, help, help. Or we properly, you know, sometimes we start off, our prayers are very mediocre, it's very low key. And then when it gets intense, we are literally crying out to God. And this is where the Israelites got to. They were crying out to God. And as a result of that, God sent a prophet who came to tell them that what they were doing was wrong. They hadn't listened to God. And this is why they had worshipped Baal gods. They had done the things that they weren't supposed to have um, done. And this is why God handed them over to the Midianites. And then afterwards, the angel of, of the Lord came and spoke to Gideon about saving the Israelites from the oppressive hand of the Midianites. And we're going to read now from Judges chapter 6. This is where we um, first meet Gideon. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 to 18. Okay, so that's Judges chapter 6, verse 11 to 18. And from 11, it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down on, under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in his winepress to keep it from the Midianites. Verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? 
Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. God, Gideon went through a process with God. He had a, his journey with God um, was one that he had to have an understanding. He had to un understand what God's plans were so that he could carry them out. When God found Gideon, it was at a time of weakness in his life. He was hiding from the Midianites whilst he was threshing wheat. Gideon felt extremely empty during this time. He felt that he had nothing to offer God and that God had nothing for him to work with. However, there is one key thing that we all need and Gideon had. Gideon was willing to be used by God. He had a willing heart for God to use him. And there are times when we find ourselves in this situation whereby we feel that we are empty. We feel that we have nothing to give, nothing for God to work with. But as long as we have a willing heart, then God can work with us. Whatever God wants to do, he can work with us as long as we have a willing heart. Our arms are raised saying, Lord, here I am. There are some lessons that I want just to pick out from what I've read. The first one that I'm going to talk about is that God sees far beyond what we see. God sees far beyond what we see. With our human eyes, we can only see a certain, we, we can only see certain things. But God sees far beyond what we see. He, had the, he has a godly insight to see what we do not see. When we first meet Gideon in verse 11, he was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Normally when you, I actually found this out because I don't really know much about threshing wheat. When you thresh wheat, you have to do it outside so that the wind comes and blows um, the chaff away so the wheat and the chaff can be separated. But with, um, Gideon was found indoors um, threshing wheat. And why was he doing that? Because he was afraid that the Midianites would come and steal their um, crops. So he was hiding from them. Okay. So this is one of the reasons why I was saying that he was in a place of weakness. He didn't have faith that he could go outside and do his job properly without being interrupted, without the fear of thinking that it's going to be taken, it's going to be stolen. In Judges chapter 6, verse 2 to 5, it says, because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves and strongholds. Where, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, 
the Midianites, so whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other Eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents with swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. So as a result of this, Gideon was hiding so that his crops that he was threshing would not be taken. Gideon is told by an angel in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. This is somebody who is hiding from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord comes and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. God sees beyond what we see. Think about those moments when you're feeling really low and somebody comes to you and says something really positive. It could be that maybe you, you don't feel that you, 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 your appearance looks very good and somebody comes and says, you look really beautiful today. You're talking to me. Okay. Um, because you're not in that place. But God sees far beyond what we see. Irregardless of Gideon's situation, he is referred to as a mighty man of valor because God sees beyond what, what we see. God sees the man in the making, the man that he's going to become. That is what God is seeing. Warriors are people who they're strong, they're fearless. They do not hide. Gideon was hiding. Men of valor, they're courageous. As I say, they're full of strength. They're very passionate and they embark on um, the mission in the battlefield that the Lord has given them with strength, with courage, with such might. And they give up their life forever for anything because that's what they've been called to do. That's what their mission is. So when God is saying this to Gideon, it doesn't correlate for him because he is not in that place. That is not his current character. That is not where he's at. He does not see himself as a man of valor. So he questions what God is saying to him. Judges chapter 6, verse 13. He's saying, oh, my Lord, if the, if, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. He's a bit confused. I'm supposed to be this mighty man of valor, but look at my situation. It hasn't resonated what God is saying to him. He's speaking from a, from a place of weak weak faith as as i said over time the relate the um the israelites their relationship with the lord had weakened since the days of um, joshua they had abandoned the ways of the lord the things that their fathers their forefathers had taught them they had abandoned they were worshiping other gods they were marrying into tribes that they shouldn't have been marrying into their faith has been diluted the ways of the lord had been diluted 
So therefore, God coming to him, speaking this way, he's in a place of weak faith. So he is questioning God. And as he questions God, God did not respond to him. But because God doesn't, he doesn't, um, he doesn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't pamper to our self-pity. What God does is he builds us up. He builds us up. So in response, God then tells him what he wants him to do. He tells him that he wants him to rescue the, um, he is going to fight and rescue the children of Israelites, um, sorry, the children of Israel out of the hands of the Midianites. The oppressive hands of the Midianites, he was going to defeat them. Me. Okay. And how does he respond? How, how does he respond to God? He says to God, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And this is in Judges 6:15. He's telling God that, Lord, my tribe. We are the poorest. I am the youngest in my family. When God is speaking to us at times, when we are not, we're not seeing what God is seeing. We start to give the excuses. Lord, you've asked me to do this. I don't have the money. You've asked me to do this. I don't have the expertise. You've asked me to do this. I don't have the strength. You've asked me to do this. I don't have the experience. I don't have the knowledge. Um, how can I actually do what you're asking me to do? But God is asking because he sees far beyond what we see. He sees the man and the woman in the making. He sees the beginning from the end. He is not looking at us in our, in our time, in our current situation now. He's looking at the person that we are to become. Mighty man of valor. That is what we are to become. Full of strength, full of passion, full of courage to fulfill the things that God has called us to do. A lack of faith and godly confidence doesn't allow us to execute God's plan. It doesn't allow us to fulfill the things he has called us to do. Fear of failure stops us from doing what we want to do. It creeps in. And as a result, we're reluctant to do the things he has called us to do. God called Gideon as a man of valor. Not for the fun of it, because he saw a man of valor in Gideon. He sees a man of valor in him. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. There is none above him, none below. He is our God, our one true God. He knows everything. He knows things even before we actually go ahead and do them. He sees the man, the woman in the making. So therefore he calls us by name and he tells us the things 
that we are to become and the things that he wants us to do. He won't give us more than we can handle. He won't tell us the things that he knows that we, it's impossible for us to do. He says these things because he knows he is an omniscient God. God knew Gideon would fulfill his plan as long as he puts his trust in him. As people of God, that's what we need to do. We need to start up at that place whereby we are putting our trust in God. Sometimes we've been in a place like Gideon where our faith has been weak. We don't know much about God anymore because we're not spending that time with him. We have diluted ourselves. We have polluted ourselves with the things of this world. We are, we, we, we are overwhelmed with work, pressure from different places. We are not um, spending that time with God the way we should be spending time with God so that when he comes to us and says things, we're saying, here I am, Lord. Yes, I believe I'm here. If God is speaking to you this morning, hear what he's saying. The world we live in, when somebody doesn't look the part, they're not chosen for certain jobs, for certain roles, because they don't have the right hair, they don't have the right face, they don't have the right body. Whatever it is, is not right. They are not chosen because we go by looks. But as we know, we walk by faith and not by sight. We thank God for who he is, that he sees far beyond what we see. He sees far beyond what the human eye, the human eye sees. As I said, he sees our beginning from the end. So he sees our end from the beginning. He's our God. We're made in his image. He's our powerful God. He's our one true God. He's our heavenly father, our Abba father that we cry to. He's the one that fulfills us. He's the one that fills us. He's the one that's going to make those paths through those dry lands for us. He's our God and he sees far beyond what we see. Isaiah 46 verse 9 to 10 says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like you. I make known the end from the beginning. From ancient times, what is still to come, I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. He's our God and there is no other. There is none like him. He makes known the end from the beginning and his purpose will stand and he will do all that he pleases. So as he is called 
Gideon to be a mighty man of valor. That's exactly what he's going to be. As long as Gideon had a willing heart to give in to God and say, here I am, Lord. Use me to your will. God sees what we do not see. He sees the inner parts of us that no one else sees. He sees the very best in us that others do not see. Others might see it as a negative, but God sees the best in us. When others have tossed us aside, overlooked us, ridiculed us, God raises us up. He builds us up. He strengthens us. He transforms us from nothing to something. And that's exactly where Gideon is at with him. He found Gideon hiding to thresh his wheat so that he would not be stolen. He found Gideon at a place where, at a time where he was empty, he was low. but he still called him. He still wanted to use him. You may not feel right. You may not feel that you can be used. You may not feel that you have, you're there yet. But God doesn't use perfect things. If he did, oh my goodness, where's the hope for the rest of us? Gideon was found hiding. Sometimes when God comes, he comes at a time when we are low because then we will see his power. We will see his hand move and we will know, yes, he is God. I'm going to be going further into Gideon um, the next time I do preach. And I'm going to be looking at different um, sectors um, of the story. But today I really just wanted to focus on God sees far beyond what we see. Gideon said to the angel of the Lord, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Gideon felt insignificant. He felt irrelevant. He felt unimportant. How many of us have been there before? Where we don't feel that <laughs> we are significant. Where we don't feel that what we're saying matters. But God sees. God took him from a place of feeling irrelevant to being one of the greatest judges to rule over Israel. If God can do that for Gideon, he can do that for us as well. These things, these stories in the Bible, they're not just stories. 
They're, they're actual events that happen and they are there to help us to really um, give us hope that God can use us the same way. If you don't feel that you feel relevant or you feel significant, God is there to show you that he can turn your life around and the things that he's speaking to you about can be a reality as long as we just lift our arms and say, yes, Lord. God has a plan for all of us to build us up, to strengthen us, to transform us so that we end up seeing the things that he sees in us. Growing up, I didn't, um, I didn't actually, I wasn't very confident growing up and I didn't, I didn't see myself as though um, certain things mattered, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, what I say sometimes, it doesn't really matter. But so when I reached a point where um, God was saying to me that, I was actually going to be preaching. I could actually, I remember speaking to somebody and I was saying to them that I could actually see myself doing preaching, but I don't know, I could see myself doing it and the desire was there, but I, because of how I saw myself, but I just didn't know how it was going to happen because I didn't see myself as somebody who had a lot of confidence or somebody who was very significant. So when it was time for me to start doing that it was like okay but when you walk with God when you go to him when you go to him and you speak to him Lord this is what you are saying this is what I know should happen but it doesn't quite correlate doesn't quite link in with my carnal self feeling not very confident, not feeling that you can actually do the things that you've spoken to me about. It's about going to him back and forth. Lord, okay, walking with him. Gideon's journey wasn't overnight. It was over a period of time. And that tells me that for me as well, the things that I'm speaking to the Lord about, it's overnight. Rome wasn't built in a day. It was over a period of time. Similarly, the things that God is speaking to us about, it's over a period of time. As we work with God, he helps us. He fills us until we reach that place. Until we get to where he wants us to be. No matter what our situation, God sees the best in us. If we allow God, trusting him with all our heart, leaning not on our own understanding, acknowledging him in all our ways and allowing him to direct our paths to greater things he has for us, he can do it. 
What is God speaking to you about this morning? What plans and missions is he reminding you about that he's been speaking to you about, but you keep pushing away? Not now, Lord, not now. Not now, Lord. Not now, Lord. Finances aren't there. Not now, Lord. I haven't got time for that now, Lord. Not now, Lord, not now. You know, later, not now. What is it bringing to your attention that you keep making excuses about? In Gideon's case, his excuse was that his clan was the weakest in Manasseh and that he was the least in his father's house. What excuses are you making? I know what excuses I make. What are you making? Remember, God sees far beyond what we see. He wouldn't be speaking to us about the things that he's speaking to us about. If you didn't know, you couldn't do it. As long as we work with him, he can take us to that place. Those dreams, those plans, those missions. Allow him to bring them alive again. God can make the impossible possible. If he has spoken to us, he will make it happen as long as we believe, as long as we are willing. He can make it happen. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 to 29, that he calls the weak and foolish things of this world. I'll read the scripture from chapter um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 29. Brothers and sisters, Think what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Though we are counted foolish, weak and despised of this world, God certainly refers to us as to what we will become. He sees far beyond what we see. Our present circumstances may not reflect what we will become. Gideon was threshing wheat, he was hiding. We may be at a place right now whereby we um, don't feel strong enough. We don't feel that our relationship with the Lord is great. Your present circumstances, it may not reflect where God wants you to be, but he's not looking at that. He knows the end from the beginning. He is looking at what we are to become. We are his future sons and daughters. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, so in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the mighty, says the Lord Almighty. We are his sons and daughters. We need to see what God sees in us. One of the biggest lies that the enemy can tell us is that 
God only uses special people. That is a lie. God does not just use special people. Gideon did not feel special when God spoke to him. He felt like he was, he was saying he was the least in his tribe, least in his family, and he was hiding. So God doesn't use special people. He certainly doesn't use special people. He uses people like you and I. God sees us as his children, as his friend, his masterpiece. He sees us as people that he has justified, people that he has freed from condemnation. He sees us as his adopted children. We've been adopted into his family. He sees us as um, his citizens in heaven. He sees us as a people belonging to him, never to be separated from his love. And we have everything we need from him to do the things that he has called us to do. We are his children and he sees far beyond what we see. He knows who we are. Even if we don't know who we are, he knows who we are. Hence why he is speaking to us. And he will work to help us see the true identity and the true worth that we have. For he is our God. He sees far beyond what we see. So this morning I want to encourage us when we are called by him, when he's speaking to us, for us to just raise our hands, here Lord, here I am, use me. Use me Lord, use me. Those things he's speaking to us about, use me Lord. Use us as a mouthpiece, use us oh God, to fulfill those plans that you have for us. Yes Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, Lord, we just come before you this morning, oh God. Father, God, we just pray that you will have your way in each one of us. Lord, I commit my brothers, my sisters before you. And I pray, oh God, that you open our hearts to receive you, to receive your plans, your missions, to hear your thoughts, Father God, your revelations that you have for us. As you speak to us, Father God, to be who you've called us to be, I pray, oh God, that we will not run away, that we will raise our hands and say, here, and say to you, here we are, Lord. Have your way, oh God. Help us, Father God, to have willing hearts. To see the things, Father God, that you see in us. As you speak to us, as you call us those names, mighty men of valor, that we will see this. It will resonate within us, oh God. 
Father God, have your way. Have your way, oh God. Soften our hearts to receive you. Soften our hearts to believe, oh God, the things that you're speaking to us about. Father God, have your way. Have your way, oh God. I pray we would look to you, Father God, and not to the lies and the taunts of the enemy. As we draw closer to you, we will, you will draw closer to us. We will resist the enemy and he will flee from us, oh God. Merciful Father, have your way. Have your way, oh God. Let your words, Father God, fill us. Let your words strengthen us. Oh Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Daddy God. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Just to add, guys, that um, if you need prayer afterwards, please do join the, um, please do say so afterwards and you'll be led to a break, um, breakout room. So if you need prayer afterwards, there's a breakout room. Um, don't feel shy. If there's anything that you need prayer for, please say so and you will be referred to the breakout room afterwards. Okay, at this time, I'm going to hand over to Olu. Thank you. Thank you, Nanette. Thank you for that word. Um, very timely word. 